welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And uh, and Billy, before I ask you what you've been playing since our last episode, I know that on our uh, the, the well, I guess yours, but the Retrovania Twitch channel, yeah. you started playing World of Warcraft, and I have to give you oh. a lot of credit. One, it hasn't taken over your life, and no, two, no, no. you've made me want to play World of Warcraft again. <laughs> I actually, uh, maybe, probably, um, will be, I'm trying to get on most days to drop in, you know, around afternoon time, uh, some evenings here and there. Uh, and, and that's definitely gonna be in the rotation. I think I'm going to venture back there. I'm having some slight PC issues in the fact that I think I put something of some weight on top of it. And now <laughs> I'm right now looking at about mm, two thirds of a screen that I can still see. Uh, so I'm going to retreat try to repair that of my own, which means uh, within about a week from now, I will have a completely broken computer, I'm sure. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I had not tried it and I had put it off for so long, not because I thought that it was going to be, you know, not any, any fun or not something I'd enjoy, but quite the opposite. Uh, I know how I am personality wise and and for and that game ticks all the boxes, you know, with the, the leveling up, with the, the, you know, loot and items dropping and just kind of constant upgrading of, of equipment and all that, all those things that sucker me in. I knew I probably need to stay away. I am proud to report that that, that first day on Twitch, I played uh, about two or three, by first two or three hours, World of Warcraft. And ever since then, I have gotten on a few times here and there. Uh, I, I will admit I was a little scared prematurely because that first day I played, I laid in bed that night uh, thinking maybe I should wander back downstairs. Uh, but I knew that if I went down those stairs, I was not only heading downstairs, I was heading down a symbolic dark road if I walked downstairs at 2 a.m. to jump on World of Warcraft when I, I, I knew I had to get up early the next morning. Uh, but enjoying it so far. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem for me. I can see why it is for some people. Uh, if anything right now, but I'm still early on, I, I find it just, uh, it, it's already gotten, oh, just a tad bit repetitive, but I've just picked up the whole job and skills thing. So I, I think that's probably going to freshen things up for me. Well, not to mention fishing. I think once you get to the fishing part of the yeah, game, you'll be I'm set. waiting. Yes, I need to get to fishing. Right. Then you're willing. You're 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 more than a uh, more than able to join me on Twitch then to watch me probably fish for you know a good a few hours. Just same same body of water. Just sit there, just cast it out over and over. Yeah, that was my weekends. I used to do that for hours and hours and hours at a time, and I can't say that's, I regret it. It was actually a lot of fun uh, that's in living. the dumbest way. Yeah, I, I really, I know how to live it up. And, and because you were playing World of Warcraft, and I was like, I got to find something to get my mind off of it, I started looking through my games for things I could finish quickly, or at least were, were kind of arcadey things that I could I could just pick up mm -hmm. and finish. So I did finish uh, The Missing, uh, the, the one I talked about before that was the Swery's game on the Switch. I did finish that the whole way through, and I finished Blaster Master Zero Two, which is actually oh. really, really good. Uh, it was a slow burn for me to get into it. I don't know why it didn't grab me, because I love Blaster Master, and I, I liked the first Blaster Master Zero a lot. And this one, it started, I was like, yeah, it's more of the same, and I, didn't, I mm -hmm. just kind of put it on the side. And, uh, and then when I finally got into it, I just blew through it in an afternoon. Uh, so that was good. But now I'm just kind of doing the dangerous picking games here and there. I'm just like, 
oh, I'll play something on my Xbox 360. What's still unfinished there? So I started playing The Evil Within, and then I went upstairs to the PS4, and I was like, well, i got to find something <laughs> else to play, and I don't want to buy another game. So I tried starting for the probably the eighth time, and this time I actually got through part of it. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what Final Fantasy Type-0 HD really is. It's kind of an action game. It's kind of a cross between uh, 13 and 15 in gameplay, so it's, it's mm-hmm. that action mode RPG, but it does have... Uh, character switching and some stuff like 13 had. The story seems to be a mashup of 8, uh, 10, 12, and 13. I, it's, it is a mess. Mm. Uh, the, it seems like it's a, a military war story, kind of like 12 was, but then all of a sudden there's still Lassie in it, but they don't seem to be the same Lassie that they were in 13, but they just throw the term around like you'd know what they are. It, it's a it's awful, but I, I kind of like it. The game, the actual combat is fun, and I'm trying to figure out if I'll actually understand what's happening in the story or not. It does not matter. I also, my birthday was last week, and I treated myself to Shenmue mm. 3 because it was on sale. I was either going to get Shenmue 3 or that uh, Star Wars Jedi game thing, the new, the newest one that's kind of a Dark Souls game that you played. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get one of these two. And, and the cheaper one, because it was on sale, was Shenmue 3, and I've made a terrible mistake. I should have mm. gone with the Star Wars game. Shenmue 3 is not bad. Uh, if, you, if you like Shenmue 1 and 2... I can't see not liking 3, but my problem with 3 so far, and admittedly I'm two hours in maybe, is that it's, you know, we made fun of the, the, the dialogue choices in Shenmue 1, and it got a little better in 2, and it seems like 3 they went back to 1. Like, they didn't bother trying to make them make any sense. So you'll go up and talk to somebody, and you're like, hey, I have a question for you. And they'll look at you for a second, and they'll say, go away. And you're like, all right, mm. I was hoping you just knew where this man was. And they'll say, you know, something that has nothing to do with anything you're saying, like, it's Thursday. You're like, oh, my God. And it's just, it, it's smoother in how it comes out. The delivery of bad dialogue is better, but the bad dialogue is worse. Uh, and, mm. and so far in the first town, it's a whole bunch of, you know, there is some lucky hit. There's also a game where you throw rocks into pails. So I, I'm going to have fun with it. But it is, I, I should have gone with the Star Wars game. <laughs> I think I'd still be really, really into that instead of kind of trudging. <laughs> Through Shenmue Have 3. you been able to drive the uh, drive the old forklift around yet? Not yet. I'm still in like a village that I'd be shocked if they had a forklift. It is it is slow. It is very very slow. And hopefully by next time I'll be another hour through it. We'll see. <laughs> mm. but, but Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? Uh, not much. Uh, Destiny came out with a new season. Who's who's hype? Who who is hype? Are you are. Uh, well, you, uh, I guess the question would be, who else? Uh, are you liking it? They seem like they're shitting on this one. Uh, this is a much better season than the is previous se- season. Uh, this one came out just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The previous season before this one was the one that uh, was pretty bad. Uh, oh, was, that was the shit upon one. Uh, yeah, the, that one was yeah, mainly... The thing with Destiny is when something good happens, no one ever... They're really like... Uh, it's a very loud majority that shits on it. But like when something good happens, it's very quiet when that occurs. Yeah, it's it's one of those games. Uh, yeah. If if everything's in, in ship shape, uh, no one really says much. Even mm-hmm. when it's at its best, really, mm-hmm. no one says much. Uh, but when things are kind of not too great, then that's the you know, the, the world is ending. Yeah. Uh, on on the Reddit forums, uh, so. Uh, yeah, this one's this one's a lot better. It's not mm. as PvP focused as the previous one was. There's actually uh, meaningful things to do. Uh, Destiny also had its first real-time event, public event, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, which, shit. Um, you got to stand in the tower and watch a spaceship slowly crash into the tower <laughs> or on Earth or something. I did. I was there. Uh, I can actually put that put that down in, in my list of things that I've been there yeah. myself in, in my lifetime to see. 
Uh, it was interesting. I mean, it's, it was just really strange standing there with a bunch of people in Destiny all doing weird dances and, <laughs> and emotes and watching this ship slowly come across the sky and then crash into the earth into mm-hmm. like some mountains behind the tower. It was it was kind of surreal. And mm-hmm. I hope they do more of that stuff. Apparently, rumor is that at the end of this season, they've got a big big public thing that's going to happen live mm. again. So I am totally down uh, with watching that, that weird shit happen. But yeah, that's really all I've been playing. I know you guys are kind of tired of hearing about <laughs> destiny. Same old, same old it's destiny, but it's good this season. Pretty good. Pretty okay. And they also, they also announced uh, the, the next two years uh, that their plans Holy shit, for t- so, part two uh, for, they are sticking with destiny Two. Wow. Uh, they are not doing a destiny three for quite some time. Uh, this is what they're going to be doing. They announced all these different types of plans and and uh, the the expansions and stuff that are coming uh, beyond this, be, beyond even the next big one that's coming this September, which they're adding a whole new planet. They're bringing back the Cosmodrome. Yeah. Oh, shit. So it's going to be some, some cool shit. Uh, but they're also taking away, I think, like four different planets. Well, so you know, they, they got to do what they can before that Anthem 2.0 comes out. Yeah, that's going to be a big deal if that ever happens. I that EA thing was actually like the other, like just the other day, and I made the mistake of watching it because I don't have anything better to do with my time, and it was literally just like the most boring hour of my entire life. I, I was praying that there was going to be something about Anthem just so I could laugh. But there, there was not. There was no mention whatsoever of Anthem that I saw. But that, uh, that new Star Wars fighter thing looks uh, pretty good. Did you mm-hmm. guys see that at all? Oh, the Tie Fighter. I like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. another fighting game, like another Terrace Kasai. Uh, like, oh no, oh, why man. would you do that? <laughs> no, if they had uh, Terrace Ter- Kasai or whatever the fuck that is, a sequel to that, I would have fell over and died. Like that would be my game of the year forever. But no, this is like a uh, uh, you're flying and and stuff in in ships and things so that looked pretty neat mm-hmm. but yeah no anthem and that's all i've been playing hopefully you guys are able to put a few hours into this week's game i know you've both played it before i had not uh, as we look at act razor for the super nintendo <laughs> I had, um, I, after playing this, do believe I was mistaken when I said I had played this before. And I sat there, and when I was playing, uh, and we'll discuss it, this game has two very distinct uh, types of play in it. And when I was playing one of them, I was like, oh, this seems familiar. Uh, But then the second one kicked in, and I realized I have not played this game (laughs) at all. Uh, this was not what I thought it was going into it. Uh, it. It turns out I don't think I have clocked any time into this one before. So this this was a fresh one for me, uh, which was very exciting uh, because I, I do remember this one. I, and I, you know, that that childhood video story that you have, you can you can still picture the layout of it. And I can still see this one up there. And, and I guess I never yeah, maybe it's because it was the top, it was in the A's. Maybe it's in the top shelf, you know, and I, and I couldn't quite make it. Um, 
But no, never picked this one up. Thought I had, surely thought I had, until you know, until several minutes into the game when I got a a very rude, well, not really rude. I got an awakening of sorts. Yeah, this is actually one of my all-time favorite games, and mm. I originally played this when I went down to my aunt's house down in Kentucky. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but um, my cousin down there basically was a spoiled piece of shit. And he mm. was one of those kids that whenever he went to a store with my aunt, he basically came home with a video game. Uh, he had the Nintendo before me. He had just tons and tons of video games. And of course, he got the Super NES the day it came out. So there was always this love-hate thing with going down there because I could play a bunch of games for consoles I didn't own but then it was also like, God damn it. I'm like fighting to rent like a $4 game a week. And I get to see this guy with all these amazing games. Uh, and one time I went down there and he had just got the, uh, the super, super NES and he also had act razor. Mm. So I had never really played anything on the super NES at that time besides super Mario world, mm -hmm. uh, at the, like the little stations or whatever at the stores. So this was, new to me and it was completely different from anything i had ever played on the nes this just wasn't you know it, it is a platformer but it's it's doing a whole lot more than just being an action platforming game and it just blew me away with how good it looked how amazing it sounded and, and just how much fun it was and as soon as i did eventually get my super nes i i grabbed act razor as one of my very first games that i actually bought and i've been playing it ever since well, I thought this was a launch title for the system. It's not. Uh, the, the Super Nintendo came out in 1989, and the um, Razor came out in 1990 in Japan, 91 in North America, and not until 93 did they get it over in Europe. I know I've seen this game. I mean, it's, it's everywhere as far as when, when we were selling Super Nintendo games. We always had Razor. It's one of those games people recommend. Uh, but when you look at pictures of it, most of the time you're going to see the action portion of the game, which looks like Magic Sword or any of those 2D kind of you know, sword and, and shield platform fighter kind of thing. So I was like, yeah, this looks okay, but I'll I'll come back to it. I'll try it later. And then I swore I had played it before. But no, I think I had the same thing as Billy. I played something that was very similar uh, to the action mm -hmm. section. Um, but but the other half of the game, which is kind of a almost a real-time strategy game, but not quite, uh, is... I, it, it's it's very sim... It's, it's along the Sim City lines, too, a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it's totally different than anything I'd played up to that, you know, even recently, mm -hmm. really. Uh, I mean, Sim City is a good comparison in some ways but but at the same time you don't have full control like you do in that yeah uh, we're gonna yeah. have to get into that pretty pretty thoroughly but when the game starts it you know it shows you the story or whatever and then the first thing you have to do is you know you kind of become a statue that comes to life and you have to go through one of these side scrolling action stages which is what i thought most of the game was it, it turns out it it's kind of like that if you broke the game out it's kind of six sections and each section has an action stage that you have to go and fight a boss uh, when you finish the action stage, you have this simulation kind of management stage. And then when that's finished, you have another action stage where you fight the final boss of that area. And you do that six times through the different worlds, of, uh, mm -hmm. different lands uh, of the world you're in. Uh, the story for the game itself is pretty straightforward. Uh, you're, you're God, essentially, and you're fighting against a great evil. Uh, you, you fought for, you know decades or whatever and eventually you lost a fight and had to go into hiding and you came back hundreds of years later to find that uh, you know now you're you're healed and ready to fight again but all the people in the world have forgotten you and the world is run by mm -hmm. evil so you have to kind of go area by area reintroducing yourself as a, a good force for them 
kind of creating a civilization and then protecting that civilization from the ultimate evil again and, and moving around the map uh, to do that. The, the action sections, I mean, there's not a lot to say about them necessarily. Mm. They're not bad. They are, they are 2D platform sections, and yeah. they have, you know, they have some scrolling up and down, too. It's not just left to right. You, there are some, mm. some slight mazes, but it's not confusing at all. I had no problem getting through oh, any of no. the 2D stages as far as, as finding things. Uh, it is a little bit brutal. There's a lot of instant deaths. <laughs> if you find pits, you can fall into pits and you die. Uh, if you find spikes, they do a fair amount of damage to you, but thankfully they don't most of the time uh, instantly kill you. But damage, you know, enemies do a good amount of damage, and, and there's not a whole lot of health regeneration items in the level. Um, mm -hmm. What I did realize after playing for a while is every time you, you come to a new action sage, you start over with a new, you know, life pool and a new magic use pool. There's, there's lots of, you know, reasons that you can kind of go through these action stages and use everything you have, because you should. Because when you start the next one, you kind of start fresh with a whole new everything. It doesn't matter what you did before. That's actually really nice. Because at first I wasn't sure on that. I thought I only had, like, one magic spell until I found more uh, mm. that I could use totally in the game. There's, there's a lot of... Of, uh, of things I didn't notice when I was first playing this. And then as I kept going, I was like, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. So in these action sections, you have a, a sword you know, swipe button. You have a jump button. You do have a magic button, but you don't know exactly what it does. Because you don't start with magic at the beginning, so that magic button doesn't do anything until you earn magic spells later. Uh, and that's it. I mean, you can duck, and you can hit downwards. You can... Uh, you know, you'll have to learn how to, to dodge everything you was in, in one of those normal platform stages. But there's not a whole lot to really say about them, I don't think. No, I, I, I don't really. For me, I only used them kind of with, when the bosses were around. Uh, for me, it was just always just the regular attack. I mean, there, mm -hmm. it's more than capable enough. Uh, and, you know, whenever you do get to one of the, the mini bosses or the boss itself, that's what I would usually let loose with, with whatever magic I had. Mm. Uh, besides, I mean, what are, there's no way you couldn't use it because every time you swing your sword, uh, the master, your character, makes a ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and it's unmistakable. You, once you hear it, you will hear it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And because it's literally every time you swing the sword, um, I, I love that sound effect <laughs> it's uh but i can't believe they actually put that in there uh yeah i mean just it's a very basic action game as far mm -hmm. as like the side scrolling parts to it it's it's really i mean there we will probably talk about the sequel a little bit later uh they did try to make it a little bit more in depth as far as like the combat goes uh, but like this is literally just jump swing your sword uh at the enemies and and you know, move across the stage. There's really not much more to it than that. I mean, I, I guess uh, probably harmless is, is the best word for it. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't have any anything that really stands out, anything that really, you know, I could strike it down for anything like that. I think it's perfectly competent. But but like Jeremy said, it doesn't make um, a lot of waves. It's not a, It doesn't try to revolutionize, you know, the, the kind of side-scrolling combat game like it is. Uh, and I also, I, and it's weird because I am not a fan of repetitive sound effects in video games. But for some reason, that sword-slinging sword sound gets a pass with me. And yes, and, and, and not only was it to the fact I heard it so much... <laughs> Um, that it was just constantly in my mind while I was playing. It, it was also there afterwards. And I also found as I was putting groceries away, first night I played this, with everything I sat on the counter, I gave it a ha when I did it. 
So it's it, somehow it, it's bad. It, it's, it's still in there because I, I did a little refresher play today, and oh boy, it just started up again. It's strangely satisfying it somehow. Is. It, it is, and, and I hate games. It's usually the jump. It's usually yeah. a jump that gets you would repetitive. Think yeah. yeah, that gets like the or some sound. Uh, some strenuous sound. This one got, you know, the, the swing of the sword, and I don't know what it is. I, I've given this one a... This is the first super repetitive sound that I'm giving a pass to in a game. Uh, but also, this is a game with, aside from that, <laughs> pretty tremendous sound in it anyway. But yeah, these side-scrolling sections are are not bad. Uh, they are, in fact, very basic. Uh, you can tell... And maybe the game benefits from that, that, you know, they didn't put everything into this side-scrolling, so the other, other you know, gameplay type in here suffered. And, and I think likewise. I think they kind of split the difference in, in kind of the effort they put in. So what you get with this, and we'll talk about it, the other mode also is kind of, you know, kind of a, a basic version of each one uh and and neither one of them have really any anything i can fault them for especially at the time this would have come out um i mean this wouldn't have been basic at the time it would have come out it would have been pretty you know pretty cool then it's only basic because we've had so many years of of these games afterwards uh but no i i i gotta say those those action stages i guess we'll refer to them as were were not bad and i also found the same thing this is one of those and i love it when a game does that i i, I hate it when your basic attack is rendered you know over the course of the game basically useless this one stayed pretty relevant throughout and, and like jeremy said during the bosses you get out whatever whatever magic you had on hand at the time. Otherwise, yeah, you could, you could hack through this whole thing just with that basic attack. And I, and I really do, I really do like that. I just I hate when they give you an attack and and just diminish it throughout, which they don't do here. So you know, hats off to them for for avoiding the temptation to do that. Yeah, I don't know if it's because this was like an early Super NES game or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. The action stages do almost kind of remind me of the way an NES game would would play and feel. Mm, like it's mm. kind of got that that almost stiff feel to it. Yeah. Like you you swing your sword and it happens right then. There's there's very little animation in the game whatsoever as far as like the enemies and your characters. Like it looks like they just kind of took like an an NES side scrolling action game and like slapped some better graphics on it. Uh, because it really just kind of feels like that all the way through. And and yes, I, I do enjoy that, that that one sword attack. You're going to be swinging that sword a lot. You're going to be hearing yeah. that, ha, ha, ha. I, and I, I now that you've mentioned it, it is very, like, it, it is very NES room. Uh, I was trying to think of what game to put it to. I think, uh, like, Wizards and Warriors for the NES. I, I think it's very, like, it's, far as the way you move on there and it is kind of stiff and everybody's kind of fucking rigid and you know you hit the button and there's your attack and it's over with uh, it is yeah like i i didn't really think about that until you mentioned it it is and i think this was a pretty early super nintendo title if i'm not mistaken yes so yeah so it definitely makes sense for it to still have you know that nes feel to it well, and the the weapon attack you have, the regular sword attack you have, it doesn't really need to power up. It's not like a, a game like Castlevania where if you don't get the different levels of chain mm-hmm. in Castlevania one and three, that your you know your your whip's basically useless. Nope, it that's it's as good as it's gonna be, and it's actually really really good. Uh, when you do get other attacks later, there are these magical attacks, and 
Either they're incredibly powerful or they're incredibly useless. Uh, the good news is you get to pick which one you're going to use. You can only use one at a time for each stage. You have to kind of assign it uh, before yeah. you go in. And uh, we'll get in the magic uh, in a minute, I guess. I'd like to talk about the other the other mode in the game, and then we can come back to this when we talk about how you fight bosses and such. But for the first action section, you basically go through it. There are pickups. There's health pickups. There's points pickups. Um, there's, a, there's extra magic use pickups. Again, in the beginning of the game, it doesn't mean much for you, but they're there. At the, at the end of the first action mode in each section of the world, you fight a mini-boss. They're, they're not very, I mean, they, they might look big or they might look impressive, but really they all are pretty simple dodge and, and you know, hit them back attacks. If you do mm -hmm. have magic at this point, you can use them, and you'll, you'll kind of toast, toast them pretty quickly. Uh, and then after you defeat the Guardian uh, of that section, then you get to go to the simulation mode. And this is what I think makes this game stand out. I like the action sections. I think they're pretty. I, I think they sound good. But... If it was just that on its own, it wouldn't be worth talking about in a podcast. It'd be like, yeah, I play this action game. Oh, anyway, uh, uh, so so the simulation mode instead is now where you get to actually, you know, kind of play God. So the 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 action section ends, and you're now greeted to this like top down map where you're represented by this little cherub angel that does your bidding for you, and you fly around the map, and you essentially tell your townspeople which direction to build out from the central mm -hmm. temple that's in there. Um, they're, while they're doing that, these monsters will attack, and they're not very tough. However, you can't ignore them because they will do things like eat your townspeople or burn down buildings. There's a like a red imp. There's a, a white, some sort of white demon thing that destroys buildings pretty quickly. Uh, there's bats. I mean, all these things are it, it, they come pretty quickly. You have to constantly be fighting them. The cherub can shoot an arrow to to stop them while you're giving directions. You know, after you say like, "Hey, build forward three spaces" or whatever. It, it kind of counts down their action times. They build in those certain directions. And while they're doing that, that's when you have to fly around and fight these monsters. Um, mm -hmm. It's at the beginning of the game in the very first town you're in, which I actually have the towns written down so that I wouldn't forget them. Uh, the, first, the first town area you start, I guess the first country, I don't know how you want to call it, but it's Fillmore, and it's basically plains. There's not a whole lot to deal with. There's some forests you have to burn down. Uh, little little things you can use your god powers to do because your god will get to the ability to burn things down or make it rain or you know have the wind blow. And, and at the beginning, you can only really do one of those things, which is burn down forests and stuff with lightning. So after you clear out areas for them to build in their building and you're fighting these monsters or whatever, eventually you'll find out where the monsters are spawning from. There's like a little, almost like a pentagram on the ground monsters spawn out from. So the mm -hmm. goal is to, to have your townspeople build their town towards those areas when they will seal off those demon pits or whatever they want to call them, summoning circles. And once you've done that and you've destroyed all the summoning circles, then normally an event of some sort happens that's tied to the area. Either like, oh, this temple we've been looking at all of a sudden like sh started shaking and it lights came out and there's a demon in there. You should fight it. It's trying to take over our town. You know, they give you little reasons to do so. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you'll, you'll have to go do the second half of that. But after the first section, after the first town, those, those simulation sections get more and more involved. You, you have to use your other god powers, the, the actual... Uh, monsters that come and you have to fight during are actually fairly strong. I mean, at the beginning when you're fighting bats and that one red devil, it's not hard. You know, one arrow will kill the bat. The red devils kind of move pretty slow, so you have a chance to hit them two or three times. But some of the later simulation levels, I feel like after you give a direction to the townspeople, you're flying around like mad just making sure you're shooting everything before they take out your town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, it's not like... You compare it to SimCity, and I, I think that's a fair comparison that everything's kind of built in big squares like SimCity is. Yeah, yeah. But it's it also has the real-time strategy aspect that you have to kind of plan out 
based on time what you want them to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's SimCity Plus. Uh, it's it, it, it's definitely that. Uh, I can see, I can see, yeah. Uh, you've got your very basic, like very light city. And when I say SimCity, it is not nearly as, I mean, you're not laying down fucking every little single square power line that you're running. I, it's a very basic kind of almost city building element to it. But yeah, there, there's also that kind of strategy to it and that defense strategy. And I got to admit, um, but this probably isn't surprising. The second that the, the action stage ended and I ended up here and I realized what was going on. Um, I did not know how much longer I was going to be playing. Um, you know, I, I I've been very vocal about games where I think you would benefit from having a mouse. Let me just tell you, it's, they did a pretty damn good job on here. Uh, not only was just this not a pain to get through, I, I found this part pretty enjoyable. I, and I think that lends itself to where, um, just like I said, how the, the side-scrolling portions weren't too in-depth. They didn't try to reinvent anything it was pretty basic. Same here. I don't. I don't feel like they really went out of their way to make this more complex than it had to be. Um, I feel like it stayed uh, pretty basic, especially now. You know, if I've got any kind of one of the, you know, a god sim or building sim game um, under my belt, or if you got one under your belt, there's not going to be much here um, that's going to surprise you too much. The defense aspect, I thought, um, added something to it. Uh, anytime you're thinking about having to juggle shit in these, uh, I, I just can't see it going that well. But somehow, even in this early-ass Super Nintendo game, uh, they were able to do things that, that games far in the future were not able to where you had these several you know things you needed to take care of and responsibilities you had, and they didn't make it a pain to do it. And they actually made it enjoyable and, and pretty easy to control because there's some menus to be had here. There are menus. Uh, even that. I, I don't know how they fucking did it here. And future games cannot implement it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, this one, once again, harmless. Uh, pretty innovative. Uh, we've we've talked about games on here that mash together a few different styles. Now, I, I am pleased to inform you this one does do a better job of it than Bayou Billy and many others. But yeah, I... I um, was very skeptical once we got to this part, but after a few minutes with it, I was, I was into it. Yeah, this part blew me away. <clears throat> it, it was one of the, when it came first came up when I was playing it, I was just like, what is this? What's the I, last I, thing you expect after, you know, going around slinging your, your sword around and now here you are. Yeah. And it shows it like on the back of the box, but I, I, when I looked at the back of the box, I just thought it was like, you know, something like Mario three where you walked around and, and selected your stage, Mm. but no, like it is an actual, like a very, like you said, a very simple city building game built inside this action game. And these two things should not work together. I don't, I don't think they've really worked together since. No, I, they, I don't know if anybody's really tried it honestly Mm. on, on this scale, but it, it's just, it does because it's it's it seems like it's the two are working together as as kind of one as mm-hmm. far as like how the story works. Um, like in uh, the second level, blood pool, the uh, the water has turned to blood. Mm. So like you you when you first go down, you play the action stage, and then you, the um, uh, the people tell you that you, 
you know, you have to save them from this because their water's blood and, you know, this stuff, there's monsters everywhere. So then you actually have to build your town around um, the pool and, and getting to these monster layers so that you can seal the layers. And uh, and that's when it actually opens up the second action stage where you can get to the boss and then beat the level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was so enamored with these building stages that I, I don't know if you guys ever did it, but you can actually go back to the your your stages that you've already built up and continue to build them uh so i would actually go back and just build as much as i could because i love doing this so much uh, it was just so much fun like building out these these little towns and stuff like that it's, it's super simple there's really nothing to it all you really have to do is is clear out bushes and trees or and uh, kill monsters and keep them from like picking up your villagers and dragging them off it's you know, and and just give them enough time to get to where they can they can get to those monster layers, but for what it is, it's it's fast enough and it's simple enough that it doesn't really take away too much from the other part of the game, and I, I think that's what I've always appreciated about it. It's just a fun, light, breezy city city building simulator inside of an action game, and. Yeah, it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. Well, and it does directly affect the action game. That's that's how your character levels up. You don't level up by going to the action stage and you know killing a hundred bats and getting experience points. You, you level up your character in these simulation areas. So the reason you need to kind of build up your populations and why you would go back to an older city where there isn't any more fighting there, but you still want to go back, is the the larger and larger your population gets is how you increase your character's life bar and. Uh, that's also how you find additional spells. Uh, you mentioned that you know in the second town, like the townspeople tell you stuff. In every town, uh, in every area you're in, they'll say, oh, your townspeople have something to tell you. And sometimes it's things that are clearly obvious, like, hey, the townspeople are saying you need to help them get rid of these bats. And other times they'll say things like, hey, I feel some weird power coming from the eastern side of the map and when you go over that Mm. section like they'll find that's where they find one of your magic spells and it's not a requirement for you to have that spell to finish the level if you don't fully explore those those simulation areas you're going to miss i mean i finished the game with only three out of four magic spells and there are items that you can find in those simulation areas to give your character more lives like more attempts in the action sections i didn't have any of those until i went back to find them at the end because i was having some major problems with the very end of the game um, mm-hmm. This is not a difficult game, generally. If you're talking about the... There's essentially six stages, like we mentioned, and then there's kind of like a final stage. I think in the six stages, I had absolutely no problems figuring out you know, how to get through the simulation mode. A- at most, there were some sections where there are... like The, the balance of constantly flying back and forth around the map uh, was, was... I don't want to say hard, but you had to make sure you didn't forget about one monster spawn or, or forget where something is, or, or you could, you know, lose some buildings or lose some townspeople and slow your progress down. But I didn't have any major problems with any of those things. It was really just when you get to the, to the very end of the game, if you haven't been spending the time to level up your character properly and get these extra lives and get all these spells and stuff, you're, you're not going to be where you need to be to make that as easy as possible. But that yeah. said, you still didn't need to really grind at this at all. It's not a grinding game. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeremy mentioned going back to your older towns and, and kind of building up the, the populations or kind of building out the maps. Everything is fairly fast, especially if you don't have monsters to fight. You're literally just like, yeah, go build this stuff. And you wait a few minutes and it's all built. And, and it's not a big deal. But there are enough little hidden things in those simulation areas that it's it's well worth it to spend your time listening to what your townspeople say. Uh, they will give you donations of things, so... For example, the first town uh, that we mentioned, uh, Fillmore, after you get them so far, they're like, oh, you know, great 
glorious one or whatever, we've, we've created wheat. So if you can take this wheat as a gift, when you go to other towns that don't have wheat, and all your towns start with just plain crops that don't have wheat, if you give mm. those crops, the, you know, the first farms wheat, then all their plants become wheat and they get a much larger population much faster. And, um, you know, Jerry mentioned going to the second town, Bloodpool, and after you finish the boss area of Bloodpool, they, and you go back there, all of a sudden you see, like, there are, there are buildings with, like, frowny faces clicked above them or whatever. When you talk to the town, they're like, yeah, everyone here is so overworked, they're, they're just exhausted and tired. We need something to kind of bring everyone back together. And then in the third town you go to, they after you finish that level, they, they create music. And they're like, oh, we made music. It helps you soothe people who are upset. So then you take it back to the old town and give them... The, the music, and then they'll give you an item, and that item might lead you in another section to find one of those hidden spells or, you know, whatever else. I, I really, really liked the mm-hmm. little things like that. It made it so it wasn't just a straightforward, like, oh, yeah, build up the city, and then you're done. Like, you kind of wanted to go back and see if anything new would pop up in those in those cities, and there wasn't a whole lot of it, but there was still just enough to keep me going back, yeah. especially if I took a break. You know, I saved, it, it does have a save space. Uh, save, in the game itself, so it's not like I was using save states for it. I played this pretty much straightforward, start to finish the way I would if I had it on the cart instead of uh, accidentally putting it on my Super Nintendo Mini. And and you can just, like, you play it, you save, come back, and then I would check all the towns and then continue on with, with whatever area I was in that was not finished yet. Yeah, and that's awesome. Uh, the way this this worked out, because I hate any kind of backtracking, but this is not uh, this is not backtracking by any means. Uh, but yeah, it, it would have been so simple for them to just make this like levels, and once you leave um, one one city, you know, and and go on to the next, you never have to come back. You never go back. So the fact that you can, and things you do in other cities can influence the other ones was tremendous i popped big time uh the first time i <laughs> first time i had that wheat to take to another city i like oh shit and the fact that they all tie together and things from a previous one can come back and, and benefit you in the future and, and so on things you get from a future one you can take back with you uh is is just tremendous um and i i think that's an awesome addition they made to this and yes i did go back more times than were useful i mean it is limited uh there it's not like every time you go back there's going to be some new development um you know i I kept going back after the first time because you know who knows um but yeah i i think that was just a nice little touch they threw in here that they certainly didn't have they could have very well made this kind of level based so the fact they went in and made that kind of detail to where you know you'll like jeremy p said you find the the music from one city and you take it to the one where they're unhappy and you and you cheer it and that's a nice fucking tune also it should be said um but yeah i i my mind was blown at this point that's a lot to cram on a super nintendo cartridge at this point in time um there weren't many games doing anything like that well, and, and to make this, I mean, as a more important fact than they did it, it didn't ever seem unwieldy. Like, at no yes. point did I yes. like get overwhelmed and be like, I can't I can't play this game. There's a game yeah. coming up that we're all in that boat on. And this doesn't do that. It does not. There were, there were zero <laughs> eye rolls for me over the course of this game. And if we went down our episode list, I would say um, this falls into that 5% where I, I didn't feel put upon. Or I didn't feel like my time was being wasted or that I was having to deal with some shitty, you know, gameplay mechanic or some artificial way to stretch things out. 
uh, uh, this game, uh, it's not a perfect game. Uh, and it's, you know, but God damn, I, at no point in time did I feel like I was having to do something, something I considered stupid or a time waster or something that could have been avoided. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't really waste your time. It's kind of amazing that something like this really doesn't, because usually if you're playing a city builder of any sort, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it is there to kind of just waste your time. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, this one is kind of like just a combination of that with a like a very light RTS uh, going on underneath it as well. Uh, the way you have to kind of manage your resources. I don't know if we mentioned it, but you know, to use the things that you have to like clear land, like your lightning and things like that. It uses mm-hmm. SP, uh, and you gain SP by by killing like the bats and things like the other enemies around town. Um, but I think that's generally the only point where I did get stuck with this was like if I just kind of ran out of SP. And I was just kind of, you know, trying to build that back up or grind to get get enough so I could just do the little things. But it, that even that, it, it doesn't take any time whatsoever, generally. Um, that's really the only point where you have to actually manage any sort of resources with this city building thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just, you know, building your town out in the direction you need to go, listening to your townspeople and uh, accomplishing, like killing off those uh, those portals and then moving on to the next level or the next action stage. And that's really all there is to it. But goddamn, if it isn't fun doing it. Well, the action stages are fairly straightforward and simple, but but are playable. It's a very playable game. There were the controls fine. I, I didn't have any problems. Where I was like, man, I keep accidentally falling off this platform. Mm. The, you know, there are some instant kill death by fall, but it, it's fairly obvious. There's almost no place where it's like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. Like, it, you should have seen that coming. Um, the After the simulation section in each each town or each city whatever you want to call it uh you'd have the second action section the actual getting from the start of it to where the boss is is the same thing you already did not the same map but the same feeling uh so if in the first section you were in a temple the second section you're probably also in a temple kind of stuff uh the bosses on this game the final bosses of each section are all different which i like they're not all you know the same character with different heads or something they, they all have different strategies uh however my my, I don't have a major complaint. This is a minor complaint because the game kind of fixes that at the end. If you have the right spells, and I'm going to just tell you right now, there's four spells. There's magical fire you get early. You shoot fireballs uh, from whatever direction you're pointing. That's a, that's an okay spell. It does an okay amount of damage. Uh, it doesn't use a whole lot of magic. It's fine. Uh, magical stardust is the is the spell where you you get it and stars fall from the screen. It hits a bunch of things. It hits over and over again. If you can you know kind of hit. Uh, the, the monster, the main boss you want to hit in the right spot on the screen, you'll do like eight or nine hits with that thing. It's pretty great. Uh, Magical Aura is a like a rotating ball that goes around you, and that's the one I didn't get in the game. And Magical Light, it just kind of has light shine around you and does a lot of damage to a bunch of little things, but not a lot of damage to one big thing. So if you are using the Stardust, which is what I basically kept from the, from the moment I got it to the end of the game, almost every boss... Up until uh, there's a, a flying dragon you have to fight, and then the the end itself. Uh, Magical Stardust will destroy most of the final bosses of any of these levels without you having to even learn what their patterns are. All you need to learn is where to stand and get them in the middle of the screen, and you'll do so much damage. And especially if you haven't used your magic on the way to the, that boss fight, you'll have four or five uses of Stardust. So mm. you literally just... Make sure you just dodge. There are a few attacks you need to dodge and hit them with Stardust over and over again. While you're casting it, you're invincible. It's a long cast, too, so it's like, I don't know. I, I liked the fact that I got to bosses and I was destroying them, but then at the same time, I was like, man, this is really easy. 
Uh, it gets fixed at the end because after you finish all six areas, of course, there's one final fight you have to make, and it is the game's boss rush. <laughs> You got to have one in a game like this. And I did not, I was not not expecting it, but I don't know. When I got to it, I was like, oh man. And it is a straightforward boss rush. There's not levels in between them. It is one after the other, fighting all six bosses you've already fought, and then the final boss of the game. Um, the first boss, you, you actually had to learn how to fight properly because all you had was your sword. But after that, I had to learn all of the bosses <laughs> mm. <laughs> all mm. at the same time because you only get that set number of magic users for the entire boss rush, including the final boss. There are no heal items. There's nothing else. You just have whatever your total number of lives is, your yeah. total number of magic uses, and go to town trying to fight the boss. So I had to they, relearn every fight to finish this Oh, game. they do you dirty on this boss rush because they know you were jamming the fucking magic during the original fights. <laughs> And yeah, and now you got to conserve it. So yeah, it is one of those things. First boss, fine. You know, you, you whip him with the basic attack. But like, yeah, Jeremy P nailed it right in the head. You have to pretty much learn how to fight these bosses again because it's just so easy to resort, uh, you know, to magic the first time you encounter them. But with the one, you know, with, with the one magic bar you got there, you can't just fucking depend on that. So yeah, I, I I knew well I didn't know, but I considering the fact that it's a sixteen bit game, I you know in the back of my head did not rule out the fact that a, bo a boss rush may occur. Uh, I just didn't expect it like this. I thought you know if they would have had like a little room to step in in between each, you know just top things off a little bit, that would have been nice. But no, this this actually took a bit because. Um, yeah, you have to go through and fight these bosses in a in a whole new way than you most likely did the first time around. Yeah, and I, I actually enjoy the bosses in this game. I, maybe mm, because mm -hmm. I've actually played it way too much over the course of my lifetime. Uh, it, it, none of them are too too crazy uh, once you do learn them. Uh, but it does suck that you know if you, if you've been wailing on that magic button for the oh, yeah. majority of the game. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's going to be a, a rough time there at the, the very end of the game. You're going to kind of feel cheated. <laughs> uh, but I do like the way that the boss rush is presented with, uh, you know, you standing on the pedestal and all the bosses kind of in the background, mm. like their heads, um, like their statues and stuff. And, and it kind of shows which ones you'll be going up. You know, it's, it, it feels like a gauntlet, basically. Um, which is more effort than I think a lot of these boss rushes put into it, which is you running into the next room and, hey, there's another boss. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yes, you're going to have to eventually learn how to play the game and, and beat the bosses. Um, but yeah, I, they're not too bad as long as you just, uh, you know, hang around and, and watch what they're doing. Yeah, and once I had to learn the bosses, it's not like I died over and over again, but because it is a boss gauntlet and I wasn't using save states, it's like you'll finish the first boss, you go to the second. Okay, I learned how to beat the second one. I have one one life left. You know, I, I should be able to get to, oh, I died almost immediately on the third boss. Okay, then you have to fight the first one again and fight the second one again. And to fight them the right way, especially there's there's one that's like a... 
like a, it's got these platforms that fall from the ceiling and it shoots lightning at you like a snake god. And you have to basically ride this platform up and hit it once or twice with your sword and then jump off before the, the platforms hit these spikes at the top. That's a long fight. A lot of these fights, when you do them the right way, is about being patient, not getting hit a bunch. And, you know, so they're not fast fights, but uh, for the most part, after the first one. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, it takes time to learn them and then you're having to go back through them over and over again. Uh, this is the point where I did go, okay, I'm missing something because. Even with my best attempts, I'm, I'm running out of lives pretty quickly. And that's when I realized, oh, there are you know, hidden items in those simulation areas that give you extra lives. So you could have, I think, six lives going into these instead of just two. So I went out and I got the two easiest ones. It was literally like, yeah, yeah, use, use this spell in this area and they'll find them out. I'm like, great, I'll do that. So then I went back with four lives. And knowing what I had already done, because I had gotten to the last boss, I just couldn't beat him because I kept getting to him in my last life with half my damage gone. Because you don't get your health healed after each of these portions of the boss rush. You, you continue exactly as you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then once I had that, no problem. The last boss is uh, different looking than the rest of them. Again, all the bosses have different attacks, different styles. They, you know, in some cases, they're completely different beasts of the kind of thing you'd fight. They're different. Um, like what, Sometimes it's a, it's a stationary enemy that you have to kind of move around the room. Other times... There's like this wheel of fire that flies around real fast. You have to keep hitting. The dragon's very tough, the crystal dragon. But the the last boss I liked. I mean, it's 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 very much a 16-bit boss fight in that it's it's huge. It's almost as big as the screen, and then it has a second mm-hmm. form that's even bigger. And when you actually know what you're supposed to do, the patterns are, are not hard. But if you don't do it right, you don't time it right, you're not paying attention, it does a lot of damage to you. Uh, but, yeah, this is not a hard game. Getting from the start to the boss rush uh, took me, like, four hours maybe uh, on, on never playing this before, but then to actually go and learn those boss fights and go back and really explore the areas. I spent another few hours on it, but it, this is, this is a good game. It's a short ish game, but not, you're not going to beat it an hour. It, it's a, it's an afternoon game. It's a good long afternoon. Mm-hmm. game. If you want to make it, it's about a, about a five hour game for me, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, this is one I, I, again, I don't know why I thought I played it before. I'm sure because the action sections are very much like legendary acts two or, or, magic sword or any rastan mm. even i mean it's very much a, a, a guy with a sword and some magic items on occasion uh but the you know the combining of the two and they're both done very very coherently it's a very playable game this, this is a really neat game there's not much else like it to say oh it's just like x y and z it's like a lot of things and it, and it's it really does those two game styles and the mashing together of them very very well yeah and if you would have told me going in i would have been super skeptical about this and i i was you know like when that second mode or that second gameplay type popped up i was like oh shit uh this is taking a turn for the worst turned out it didn't and the fact that they were able to meld those two gameplay types together and i think they did it by like we've said several times not being overly ambitious with either one uh they weren't trying to reinvent the the damn wheel of side scrollers or city builders or anything like that they were just trying to give you the the basics of each putting them together into one game two you know two things i would not have put together or imagined having put together uh but somehow they they went together great uh i i was probably the most surprised coming away from this game as i have by any we've done on this show um and like i said if you would have told me what it was before i would have told you that it would have been the shits having played through it though uh this is definitely one of those i think must plays on on the super nintendo yeah it it is it's it's definitely one of the one of the crazier games that ever got made on the super nes 
And uh, even though the whole city thing isn't overly ambitious, just just the fact that they put that in a game is is mm-hmm. just crazy ambitious uh, overall. But yeah, this is uh, this is an amazing little game, and it's it's still really fun to play these days. It's a goddamn shame what they did to that sequel. Oh, well. uh, I don't know if either of you have played Act Razor Two. No, but uh, the, I was so excited when that game got shown. But there's something missing. They they decided not to do the whole city building thing. Oh wow! So uh. now it is just a straight up side scrolling action game, and they've made like the whole. There's this whole thing of how you use your wings. There's like eight or nine different moves that you can do, like as you glide with your wings in in that one, um, along with like the you know straight up action and the magic of this one. But it's just it, it's. I mean, it's a decent game. But you kind of just took away like a half of what made Act Razor yeah. special yeah. in the first place, and now you're just kind of a really, you're a really nice looking action game that really doesn't have much else going for it. Well, that's that's a that's a shitty uh, decision because I, I got to tell you, if this this relied, if this was all that action stage, I would have said it's okay. <laughs> it's definitely nothing special. I think the combination of the two is really what made it. Uh, it's it's the only reason I'm recommending it. Uh, I would have said the action stages alone. If you gave me, you know, just you know, two hours of just that, I would have told you, yeah, you know, there's better. But I, I, you got to have that combination. That was a bizarre choice. Yeah, and it's that synergy between the two that that really makes uh, mm-hmm. this first game work so well. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, it was that was a huge disappointment. Um, if you'd like to see it, we've got a review of that on the YouTube channel, al- along mm. with this game as well. Mm. Uh, so you can check out what uh, what happened in Act Razor Two and and why why all the disappointment was there. Uh, but before we stop, uh, special shout out for just how damn good the ending of this game is. <laughs> in in a in days when video games had terrible endings, I think this game has an amazing ending. Uh, which spoilers, I you know, I, I wouldn't say spoilers, but I did get yelled at on YouTube the other day for spoiling the ending of Out of This World for the Super Oh, D- shit. Super well, may, well, maybe pause the podcast right now and do the little fast forward a minute or so then, I guess. Yeah, so at the end of the game, after you beat the devil, uh, you're basically taken back around to all these towns that you've you know built up, and it kind of shows you how they've continued and, and how they, you know, how they've, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Damn it! It's like a little. Uh, it, it wraps up the story because all yeah. those all those towns had all those things where it came to talk to you, and and sometimes it's all like, oh, my husband went into this cave and he's gone. I can't find him, and like all of that stuff is kind of wrapped up nicely at the end of the game. You get like an epilogue for each town. Yeah, and and then at the very end, uh, everyone there, it's an empty hut whenever you go in to talk to them, mm-hmm. and they're not there anymore. It's because time has gone by and they've forgotten you. They don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was really crazy uh, to see as a kid. Uh, and I stand by uh, my argument that this is the best religious game ever made <laughs> uh, because it literally is a religious game. Um, you know, especially more so in Japan. So, yes, it, it was a, a really kind of poignant ending to, to a game that, especially for me as a kid, I was just like, oh, shit, that, that yeah, I kind of get that now. But, yeah, uh, this is just, it's one of those games that, uh, you know, I guess the, re- the religious aspect is certainly there. Um, you know, maybe if I played this when I was a kid, 
I, I would have been in church, you know, I, I haven't been since I was about five, but you know, maybe if I'd played this, maybe things have been different. Now, who knows where my life would be right now? I don't know if I'd be hanging out with the likes of you two though. So th this could have been disastrous for the podcast in general. You'd have just rolled into church screaming, ha, 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 ha. So that's our thoughts on ActRaiser. As Billy said, kind of a, a must-play. I think all three of us agree it's a must-play for mm -hmm. the Super Nintendo. It's a shame it's not on the, SA, the Super Nintendo Mini, but you can easily add it. I know a guy who did, and he also is on this podcast. Hey, mm. if you have something to ask us, there is on RetroVania.net an amazing question form. It's at the bottom, lets you fill out some things, and you can type in whatever you like there. It comes right to us, and we will answer them at the end of each episode that we're going to right now. Uh, yes, and this week we're going to do something just a bit different. Uh, the last episode we had some uh, we had some food related question or a oh food related boy. question. So uh, we've got a few this time. We're going to save those until the um, after the the gaming questions. So uh, if you guys just want to listen to the gaming questions and then get off here, feel free. But if you want to stick around to the the dirty fast food section, uh, stay tuned after after these video game questions. Uh, but first up is Burger Champ, and he's writing in uh, asking us what our arcade pick would be. Uh, if you could have one original machine unmodified and with only the original game on it, what would you pick? I'm torn between Point Blank and the four-player Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Super Off-Road. Mm. Uh, Burger Champ does have a second part to this, but that will be saved till the, the fast food section. Oh, shit. Wow. What would the name Burger Champ? I, I, you know, it has to be for me. Uh, and that's easy. I think the damn thing was just released, but it, it's not the original version. It would that NBA jam. Uh, I'm not a big sports guy. Uh, I think arcade one up, just put one out. Uh, you know, it, it's missing several people on the roster. Uh, but actually, apparently this one has fucking Wi-Fi capability. So I guess it's going to get updates and things like that as time goes on. Anyway, I want that damn original NBA Jam cabinet, uh, and not just because I'm unbeaten by human competition in NBA Jam. Uh, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. There's no need for me to just blurt that out, that I'm <laughs> near unstoppable at NBA Jam, just like Mario Kart 8. All, all of this is beside the point. I, I'm sure all this will get cut out, me, you know, expressing my NBA Jam superiority. Um, but no, uh, that original NBA GM cabinet, I probably clocked uh, the second most amount of hours into that as I have any arcade cabinet. Uh, and not a big sports guy, but NBA GM had that that way of whether you like basketball or not, of just drawing you in, just with how just fat shit that game was. And I really loved it, and I, I loved everything about like finding the the secret characters. And, you know, saving your progress and then coming to the arcade later on and continuing on through your season. I, I, I love everything about that game. And the second, and I said NBA Jam got the second most hours. The one that probably got the most was that first, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game that came around. And that thing, I still remember the first time I saw it. It was Showbiz Pizza. I remember in Roanoke, Virginia, I remember the day I walked in there and proceeded to, I didn't even eat my damn pizza that day. I had that pizza that night because I didn't even sit down at any point in time. I stayed there on that, that TMNT and I played that thing. 
uh, until basically I ran out of, of money and my, my folks were, you know, they felt like I'd probably had enough and they had bills to pay, so they weren't going to give me any more. Um, so those two definitely. And I think both of those are available. Like the arcade one up format. I don't know. I go back and forth on those. I don't know if those are going to quite scratch the itch for me or not. Or if it, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, I have a future um, relationship quarrel coming up because I'm going to be one of those people that, that that's going to have to go out there and buy the original cabinets for several thousand and, and take up precious space in the house with them. You know, I, I was about to just give an answer, but I have to say I love that you went to show his pizza. I also went to show his pizza as a kid. There yes. was no Chuck E. Cheese near me. I know I had gone to one before, but Showbiz was where we went. It was also Southern Virginia. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But uh, we Well, I mean, Showbiz was, was at the time. It wasn't all – it was maybe an even split ticket games and actual arcade games, you oh. know, before they went to the, the 99% – Ticket game format. Yeah, no, I, 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 I went to Showbiz as well here in yeah. Indi- Indianapolis. And <clears throat> when I was a kid, like that place was 80, 80 to 90% arcade games. Yeah, yeah. that was it. That, yeah. With like the ball ski, pit. There were arcade games, the ball pit, and skee ball, and maybe yeah. a basketball hoop. And like those those quarter machines that you'd find outside of grocery stores, like the train that would go up and down and play a little song. Those were all there yeah, too. Yeah, that yeah, was it. Yeah. But but I was it, I would go to play arcade games, and I, I was gonna say one of the games I'd want was the original Gauntlet because that was what I'd go there and play mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. And my parents would always give us five dollars in quarters, and I never learned. And I would always put all five dollars into Gauntlet at first because <laughs> it gives you like extra health, but it caps at like. 500 health or something so that's four quarters and i i think i would have wasted five dollars every time for that game but i didn't pick that because i don't want to get an arcade game that i need other people for uh because i know i'm never going to have people here or not not enough to warrant paying for an arcade game so like i think super off-road that was mentioned by burger champ is a great game and that is i I would love to play that but by myself not a great game it's okay but by yourself it's just not the same with Three people, you get your own wheels and stuff. That's amazing. No, I, I I had the pleasure. We have one of the. I guess it's referred to as a barcade, you know, before those kind of shut down. And I had the pleasure of, uh, for the first time in years, with with complete strangers, playing four players super off road at the beginning of this year. And let me damn tell you, that game is. Uh, I, I can see why it's that's a pick. That game is a blast. If you can get, you know, you can get four people gathered around that thing. Yeah, no, it, my it's... favorite thing about those games is just spinning the wheel at like 300 <laughs> miles per hour and just that, watching your le- truck flip the fuck out. That's a legitimate strategy sometimes. Yeah, that, that game is fun. But again, you need other people for it. Uh, that is a great game, though. But so the game, anytime I find an arcade, I'll spend hours on it. I mean, I did it at, at when I went to Indianapolis and I went to the arcade there and found it. I will play Burger Time every time I see it. For as mm. long as I can possibly play it, that's the game I want in my basement. Regardless that I have like every home version, and I have an actual straight port of it they put out for the Wii. That's the exact same thing. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I want that car. I want that cabinet. So for me, it's Burger what, Time. What but... is it? What is it about the goddamn the arcade cabinet? Because I, I I can I, NBA Jam. I'm pretty sure you know I can get that experience of the of the game itself, like the graphics replicated. And all that, I don't know what it is. There are some games that just lend themselves 
It's part to of the memory. It's part of the memory. I played Burger Time in the, and I had it in television, but then when I actually played it in the arcade, it was like, ooh, and it's just the mm. feel of it. It's mm. the the sound. It's not just the same as you're going to get home. Uh, you know, if I could pipe in yeah. other yeah. game music around it and the smell of old beer, I'd be excited. That would be the, <laughs> that'd be the best. The smell of old beer I probably already have, to be honest, but the uh, yes. the sound of the arcade would be great. So, uh, Jerry, what I, game I've would heard, you pick? I've heard, I've heard the smell of old beer follows you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of seeped into my skin. Uh, I guess, like, uh, I would probably go with what Billy said with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, oh. that was another thing that whenever I went down to Kentucky for spring break uh, to my cousins, that their Walmart there always, always had that that cabinet. Mm-hmm. And I remember one one time we actually took, like, this giant jar of quarters that my aunt had. <laughs> like, she would just save up. And we took that thing. And I swear to God, it had to be, like, $50 worth of quarters and we we put that thing down on the floor, and we got all the way to Shredder. We still didn't manage to beat the game. Oh shit! Out of like however many dollars that was in that jar, but um, goddamn, like yeah, that was there, there's so much nostalgia with with that game. I guess otherwise, it, I'd probably go with uh, Dig Dug. Every time I see mm. Dig Dug, I want to play that. That's your burger mm. time. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. Uh, just about any any arcade I see, uh, or if I see that game, I'm just immediately drawn to it. Yeah. Um, but I guess if there's one kind of uh, uh, one that I'd love to see, and I, I don't know if it'll ever come out, um, is uh, WrestleFest, WWF WrestleFest. Oh, shit. And that I, was... Oh, goddamn, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Between that and Superstars, I uh, my arcade back when I was growing up um, in Virginia, it had uh, back to, next to each other. I think they were back-to-back. You had WrestleFest, and then you had fucking Superstars on the other side. Uh, you couldn't go wrong no matter which side you were on. I, I love that type of, uh, of wrestling game. And actually, they're coming out with, what is it? The, uh, the There's a new wrestling game coming out, which is like a spiritual um, successor to that. And, and we're going to see. I think it's Retromania. Is the wrestling game that's coming? And I've got a, I've got an eyeball on it. They say supposedly it's going to have like a very similar system to those, and I can see why. Because I mean, if you're an in-depth wrestling fan, it's not going to do much for you. But just I think it captured perfect from that time, like how cartoonish that that organization was, WWF was at the time. I thought it was a perfect representation. Um, God damn. You get that WrestleFest cabinet, you let me know. You might have a permanent house guest. <laughs> I, I will let you know. But yeah, there was something about that game that just kind of felt larger than life. Maybe because mm-hmm. I was just little uh, and, and everything on that thing just, just seemed huge and amazing. And it was yeah. so much fun to just be able to play with those characters that I'd watch you know, weekly on WWF TV. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those, those would probably be my three. Uh, anyway, thank you, Burger Champ, for writing in. Uh, next question comes in from Nathan T, and he's all about movies to games. Ooh. I can't believe someone actually picked Judge Dredd as their game for you to cover, but it did get me thinking about all the classic movie games to ports. While Judge Dredd sounds fine, did any of you come across some of the more notoriously bad movie games? I got burned bad as a kid with Star Wars on the NES and later Batman Forever on the Genesis, a game that I actually purchased with my hard-earned Christmas money. Thanks for answering. I I think I've been in depth. I think we even reviewed this one. Um, The first video game I purchased with my own fucking allowance slash lawn mowing money was predator yeah we did the nes that. yes we did 
Um, and that is also the first game that I sat there and shed tears over <laughs> as a child. If that tell, and they weren't tears of joy either. Um, you know, I had my first shot at spending money, and and you know, and, and it's the usual. You know, I mean, you're fucking what six, seven years old, and the movie was awesome. And you see that the cover of the game with Arnold with the gun on the front, um, you know, only to find out that Arnold doesn't carry that gun for for much of the game at all. Um, and he, he, you know, runs around just punching in like a really weird kind of pink camouflage get up the entire time. Um, it does things to you, but not enough to make me learn. Uh, I think I had an encounter, uh, especially with Arnold. Uh, Total Recall got me. Last Action Hero got me. Uh, I, I should have known, I guess at that point, if Arnold's face was on an NES game to stay away. But there are so many. Uh, fucking cliffhanger on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was a sucker for those big action games, or these the games based on the big action movies when they came through, because it seems like if any game would get it right, um, it would be an ad- adaptation of an action movie. Uh, how hard is that? It can't be. Uh, besides those, like the one that really hurt me the most because it was so off the wall, um, and when I was a kid, I couldn't believe it was even a video game, and it it sucked ass too. It was Dark Man? Um, Dark Man, I was thrilled to see. I didn't know it was out until I went to my video store, and there it was. Got it. It was a pile. Also, I think the question should be not which you know movie tie-in games got you, to which ones did not, because uh, then I could have a very short answer for you. Uh, but I think they all got me during the NES era. I, I think we didn't quite, especially if you're a kid, you didn't quite grasp uh, the trend. And uh, you just you were you were hopeful every time a new one popped up in the stores. I had already accepted that most movie games were not going to be very good. Uh, mm. I can't remember what the first one I had was, but like, you know, almost all those LJN tie ins. You know, yeah, we, we did yeah. we did Friday the Thirteenth for the podcast. We uh, I had bought um, the Karate Kid. That wasn't very good. I had uh, Jaws was was fine actually. As an adult, I kind of appreciate Jaws. But as a kid, I hated it. Yes. And uh, and yes. the Back to the Future game, absolute trash. Like there are some yeah. really really bad games. So I I kind of expected movie tie-in games to just be kind of quick cash-ins and not very good. And and the ones that weren't were always like rare surprises. But the game. That, and it's another LJM one, but the game that I keep thinking of when someone asks me about a bad license of any kind is how do you screw up superheroes? How do you screw up a comic book tie-in like property? Those things are made to be straightforward action games. Like It's impossible mm-hmm. to think, like, oh, man, I'm going to take a, a really good property and just make not even like a, a lackluster game, but just a pure garbage game off something that should be really good. And the X-Men game for the Nintendo is the one that I can never... I, I mean... I've played plenty of bad games and I come back when I'm older or when I have more time or a guide I find online. I'm like, okay, I understand what they're aiming at. I still think it's very good, but at least, at least I can see now like what they were aiming to do. Yeah. Like I, like I did for jaws, but man, X-Men is trash. And it was just so disappointing. And then when we tried other games were superhero games, uh, silver surfer games, not very good. Even on the, the super Nintendo, we had the Spider-Man and arcades revenge where you play as like Spider-Man. And I think, think some of the x-men i don't know it sucked too like all these games based on on marvel heroes were just so bad and that's 
you know, now there's the current, like the current Spider-Man game on the PS4 is amazing. Like there are some great, the, the Hulk game on the, the original Xbox is maybe my favorite open world superhero game. Like they, they figured out how to make it work, but man, 8-bit era specifically, they did not know how to make it work. And they made some real trash. I Rocketeer for Super NES got me. Oh, I could never get beyond that first level where you have to fly the fucking plane. Yeah, that's it's it's rough. Uh, I've got a video of that on the YouTube channel. If you guys want to check that out, going in depth for every single stage that that game is, because I was really into Rocketeer back at the time. Uh, Saw the movie, got the comic books and stuff that came out. Huge fan. And that Super NES game came out, and it looks really good on the back of the box. Uh, but then you play it, and you realize you've just stepped into a certain layer of hell. Uh, it is one of the absolute worst games I've ever played. It's damn near impossible. It, it is just, there's no words to describe how bad that game is. If you, Like I said, if you want to check it out, uh, just go watch a long play on, on YouTube, or go to our, our YouTube channel, uh, check out that review. It's awful. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Nathan, for writing in. And now it's time for some fast food questions. Oh, boy. Good thing, too, because I've had a few drinks in me, so now I can't drive out to get whatever I'm going to be having a hankering for. <laughs> All right, so if you guys want to peace out at the video game stuff, go for it. But we're going to we're gonna talk about some fast, foods, fast, food, food, fast food questions. Time to get a little greasy. Yes. Uh, and uh, actually, the uh, to continue Burger Champ's uh, second part of his question, uh, he was asking what our favorite fast food dessert would be if, uh, or what we would celebrate oh, with uh, as far as our favorite fast food dessert if we had got our uh, the, the arcade cabinet that we wanted. Fast food dessert. God damn. Um, uh, that is certainly a small window. Let me tell you, I, uh, I don't frequent many of them. And, and what I do is really basic. Um, you know, I, I love just that hot fudge McDonald's Sunday. Um, I'll take that any old time with extra hot fudge. Cause I think some of them, some of them short you a little bit and it's clearly the, the champion of the dish. Um, uh, but my big one, my go-to, and this is a two parter. You got to make two stops for this. I'll stop at the gas station and I'll pick up a thing of plain M&Ms or just the plain chocolate and then I'll go to Wendy's and I'll get a big vanilla frosty. And, and I'll kind of eat the middle of the frosty, dump the MMs, give it a good swirl with a spoon. Oh, and then have at it. Uh, it's the only time I'll eat. I don't like the plain frosty by itself. Um, but yeah, you get that core in it and just dump a bag of fucking MMs in there and you are good to go. Does Dairy Queen count as fast food dessert? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would, well, you know, I, Dairy Queen, you go to the grill and chill and they got a full menu and dessert. I don't know. I, I would I don't, say it does. I mean, it is fast food. You're not getting oh, good ass food at fucking Dairy Queen. It, it's well, fast food as hell. Then, then I a, guess that fucking Reese Blizzard then has ooh. to weigh in heavy. When they have their pumpkin pie blizzard, that is hands down my favorite. Oh, you're nasty. Oh, it's so good. It is delicious. The only thing better would be gingerbread of some sort, but they don't seem to make one. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. If I didn't have to, if that wasn't an option, though, I do like a, a Frosty from, from, uh, from Wendy's, mm-hmm. but I like to put French fries in it. And I'll eat French fries. Oh, you're one of those. Oh, uh, so good. I mean, I'd rather have yeah. that than dessert. That's super good. But but I'll have to go with Dairy Queen. If that is not a good answer, I apologize. Uh, I think Arby's has like a an Oreo cake or something. That's probably good, too. 
I, I think that's that's where I got that from. But but normally, if I'm going to do dessert, it's got to just be a shake or something because uh, mm-hmm. I don't have time. I, you know, I don't want like their little apple pie at McDonald's. I've had them; they're fine. But I, I'd rather go to Seven Eleven or whatever and get one of the Hostess pies if I'm going to go that route. <laughs> uh, I guess I would have to go with the uh, my all time favorite that doesn't exist anymore was the uh, the Taco Bell apple pie. Uh, I forget what it's what, what it's called. What in the hell? I don't even remember this. <laughs> yes, it was uh, the, it was a certain name for it, but it was essentially just an apple pie uh, that you got at Taco Bell. Was it wrapped in a damn tortilla or some shit? No, it was a straight up apple. Pie. Hold on, I'm gonna look at the fucking name. Hold on, <laughs> it, it had a it had its own. I'm damn sure name. they gave it like a damn apple pie nada or All something like that. All I remember like the Taco that. Bell had sure was like the, fancy They had like the mini yeah. churros, whatever those were called. It was a Taco Bell apple empanada. That's what My it was called. My word. And, I don't uh, think this appeared. I don't think this appeared on Southern menus. Well, this was all over the place in Indianapolis because I got it for years. And at one point, uh, probably in my 30s, early 30s, I got we got really drunk one night. And we all went to Taco Bell because that's exactly where you go when you end up mm-hmm. drunk. Um, this was after we went and saw like a movie. And uh, I decided everyone got food and then everyone also ordered uh, the the empanadas, and by the time everybody shoved the food down their face, nobody really wanted the empanadas. And me being a fat ass, I was like, "Let me eat those because that's how many did you eat? Six. Nice. It was holy hell. It was six of them. After this was also after I'd eaten like two of the uh, you know XXL fucking chicken burritos and and a couple of hard tacos, and then shoved six apple empanadas down my throat. And I threw up all over that parking lot <laughs> about five minutes later. And I swore I'd never eat another one again. And it there's actually the next came day. true. When they, <laughs> well, I wanted to, but the next time I actually went, they had stopped selling them. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure your actions that night played a hand in it. It might have been. Uh, it's nothing. like these things, are, these things are popular, but if someone throws them up, you don't want to have to clean them up. Yeah, the someone at that poor Taco Bell or, or something had to clean yeah. up whatever I did in that parking lot. Yeah, take these off the menu because I, I know <laughs> I know one fella that can't control himself. Take them off. Uh, but I guess my all-time favorite besides that would be a if Dairy Queen counts, then a uh, just a banana split from Dairy Queen. Mm, my all-time favorite. Simple. I, simple. I yeah, I love it. I, there's something about Dairy Queen ice cream that I that I absolutely love, and putting it in that that damn banana split. Uh, is just perfect. Um, the worst time I ever got it was uh, I was on a date and I, we we decided to sit outside, and Ooh. I got my damn banana split, and everything was going fine. Date was good, and you know if you've ever sat outside at a Dairy Queen, there's like six thousand birds that are just waiting mm. everywhere, mm. and apparently a bird got way too excited and flew straight into my banana split. And just it scared the fucking shit out of me. This would like, only happen. This is on the list of things that would only happen to you. I have never in, in nothing has ever happened like this again. But a bird just straight up flew into my banana split, and uh, I probably screamed like just I, I don't even it, I just remember it hitting it and it going everywhere. So that was that's my my favorite memory of eating a banana split. Sure, that girl never forgot that date either. Okay, moving on. Uh, this one comes from Scarcrow. I believe he wrote in the previous podcast as well. Uh, but this week he's or this podcast he's writing in a what? Uh, this time he's writing in asking us what that mouth drink. 
Mm. Hi, guys. On your previous episode, you talked about the top three fast food breakfast items, so it got me wondering what your favorite drinks are, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Mine personally is a rum and Coke. As always, I like your show, and I wish you a happy summer. Okay, so we're not just talking fast food now. We're talking every. Uh, my favorite fast food drink. It's it's oh, that's fucking simple. It's the Baja Blast. But that aside, uh, my favorite like drink, alcohol wise, uh, I'm a big Coke Zero man. Also, uh, you know, because I gotta, you know, I try to watch my figure. As you can tell from all the fast food talk, I work really fucking hard at it. Um, favorite out, I love a damn margarita. And I'm, it's, it's no surprise if I have fixed myself one up every night, uh, whether it's pre-made or I go through the work of doing it myself. I love, I, you know, I like a good flavored margarita. My, I have a soft spot for just one of those shitty, basic, goddamn lime margaritas. And, and that's a weakness of mine. I can down those until I have no capacity for any kind of rational thought, movement, or anything else of that nature. Um, something about that uh, is it ranks still at the top. Uh, even though I've had many a different type of alcoholic drink since then, something about just that basic margarita just still does it for me. Uh, rum and Coke's a good one. Uh, Goddamn, I there's a drink, uh, Disarono. I like it with a whole bunch of cranberry juice in it. Uh, I, you know, I've tried to pass that one on. I don't think that one's going to catch on with anybody. Uh, but yeah, I, as far as alcoholic drinks go, I, nothing extravagant, um, but definitely that. And that that damn margarita, I'm going to have to make one. Just basic, basic as shit. And, and I like me a sugar rim too. You know, I, I like to give. I like to give that diabetes. I don't have it, but I like to give it a fighting chance of getting to me. I like to make up that sugar rim rather than the salt rim with it when, I, when I'm at home. Uh, uh, but yeah, fast food drink-wise, got to be that Taco Bell Baja Blast. Like I said, you can get Baja Blast out and about now, but it's just not the same as it is out of that fountain. And if we're talking just regular soda, we're talking Coke Zero, room temp. And, you know, I drink a lot of that damn Arnold Palmer also. I, I used to just make my own most of the time. Because um, that has been, you know, down down south, that's kind of been a thing. You, you, you take a little bit of tea with a little bit of lemonade. And, and you, you know, you make a good drink out of it. Because God knows tea fucking sucks on its own. So, you know, but the lemonade's good enough that it overpowers the tea. Uh, but as soon as Arnold Palmer started putting out the big cans, oh, I've been going for those, and I hadn't looked back. Oh, the ninety-nine cent big can. Yeah, that's a that's a guaranteed pickup. That's a guaranteed. That's a you get that thing cold, you can beat the heat all summer oh, long. That is a wonderful drink. I, I normally for for non-alcoholic drinks, like if I'm at fast food, if I can get a root beer or a birch beer, I'll get that every time. I don't care the brand. Uh, most time it's Barks at this point, but I, I like root beer. If I'm gonna buy soda at the store, I don't know why I like this so much, but the generic Dr. Peppers that most uh, grocery chains have is better than Dr. Pepper. So uh, the one I had was Dr. Cheer. I want to say that's super fresh, not, <laughs> but that was a good one. Uh, if alcoholic drinks, I don't normally drink hard alcohol too much for 
uh, many, many reasons. Uh, when I do, though, I like a gin and tonic, just a plain gin and tonic. I like olives in it. Uh, but I don't get that as often. That's like a wedding drink if I want to look like I'm not just some crazy person. Otherwise, I just drink a lot of beer. There's almost no beers I don't like, but I'm currently on a on a sours kick. Uh, in fact, right now I have the Union Old Pro right in front of me I had during this podcast. It's, uh, it's very, very good. It's my go-to right now for a summer beer. Uh, it's very, like, lemon-limey. Uh, it's good. It's excellent if you like sour beers. See, I can't, I, I've tried so hard. Like I've gone to, the, I, I went to the damn beer and tater tot festival last year. I've gone to different festivals, different beer festivals. I, I'm trying so hard. I'm not a beer man. I, I can't find one that, that I really enjoy, but I, I'm always on the hunt. I'm more excited about this tater tot festival. Oh, it was good. All right. They, 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 Fixed it up just right. I'll let you know the next time it runs through. Oh, man, good, it, it is worth it is worth the drive. I do like me some tater tots with stuff on them. Anyway, Jeremy, what are your what are your drinks of choice? You guys remember that old uh, those old drinks that you got in the the grocery store that came in the plastic barrels? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the kid like like the it's not high C, but that same idea. I, yeah. it's still it's still there. Yeah, it's there's one grocery store that I have to like go out into the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's it's not even like a name brand grocery store. It's mm-hmm. just one of those country ass grocery stores, and they've still got those barrel drinks. Those are my favorite drinks of all time. I've got like twenty in my refrigerator right now that I can't drink because I'm on a diet because they're ninety percent sugar. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, besides that, I guess I as far as alcohol goes, it, when I drink alcohol, it's just a basically a bottle of gin or or vodka. I I don't really mix it in anything. I just drink it straight out of the bottle like like a fucking barbarian mm-hmm. uh but yeah that's about it. i've never been a big drink person i guess uh, growing up it was it was generally those those plastic barrel drinks and and water yeah. uh but anyway thank you scarcrow for writing it and finally our last question comes from pintron and he writes in to say how dare you mm. oh oh this is good it's a food I one had... too this is not good <laughs> I had to pick myself up off the floor after hearing your picks for fast food breakfast on your Judge Dredd episode, and not one of you chose the true fast food breakfast champ, White Castle. You guys, you guys still alive over there? I, I am. <sighs> I have something to say when this question is over. Uh, okay. Their breakfast has been nourishing me for 34 delicious years, and their waffle eggs and sausage slider is better than anything you all mentioned combined. I hate to even ask what fast food breakfast items you actually avoid besides Taco Bell. We have, you know, the amount of White Castle we have down here is very scant. Um, it's one of those that I was told I needed to go to. Like, uh, people were building this shit up to me. It's like, oh, you got to go to White Castle. Uh, this was for lunch. Um, and it's one of those things where as soon as I got there and I had it, um, I spent the car ride home wondering why people told me I needed to go there. Uh, not for me. Not the thing for me. I don't trust them for lunch, which means I don't trust them for breakfast. I, I you know, maybe I'm missing out. I don't, I don't, I hate the fucking slider concept too. I just get it done with one. Don't make me several little ones. Give me a big one. You know, just give me one big one. I, I don't understand the concept of it. Um, but, uh, I, you know, if that's good breakfast, if that is user recommended good breakfast, I can't say that I'm going to rule it out 
next time I find myself around a White Castle, I might try it out. Uh, but you're just not going to fucking beat the Cajun filet with a slice of cheese on top of it. I don't think you can. What do I avoid? Um, not a lot, uh, <laughs> obviously, um, aside from Taco Bell. Uh, we said McDonald's. You know, I named a couple of McDonald's items as great ones. I still I try to avoid it when I can. I try to because I find that it's like you get that rush, you know, in your brain. You get that fucking rush when you have it. But you spend the next few hours in a fucking cash to beat the band. Uh, that and I I have not any sort of Burger King breakfast. I just don't trust them for, for breakfast. I don't know why I'm not big on their lunch food either. Uh, something about them. Eh, and, you know, Hardee's. Hardee's was my original go-to for the chicken biscuit in the morning. Uh, but I have fa- I don't know if they've just taken the focus off of it and their whole thing is building gigantic fucking meat monstrosities now. Um, I, their breakfast food was dismal. And this was at a couple different Hardee's throughout uh, the Carolinas. Uh, so I don't know what happened there. But it went from a, a, a heavy hitter to I, I stay away from there too. And, you know, I, there's just so many that I probably haven't tried because I, I'm one of those, once I get something I like, I don't deviate from it that much so I, i'm sure there's plenty of, of fast food breakfast items out there uh that that are here for me and are right there but i, I just haven't got to because i'm so set in my ways but white castle maybe i'll give a shot like i said i i wasn't big on their lunch food i didn't think it was anything special uh but you know who knows about the breakfast i have never eaten at a white castle mm. there's not one near me there's never been one near me, uh, yeah. but I told the the dudes in in Subtastics that I have never had White Castle, and they both acted like it was the worst thing I've ever said. And so, whenever uh, the, the the coronavirus stuff lifts up enough where bands can play outside of their own basements, uh, apparently we're going to do some sort of road show solely so that I can get White Castle, and I will make sure what? to try. Are the you going to be playing at the White Castle? I mean, honestly, I've played many worse places. I would love to play a White Castle. Uh, as far as things I avoid that I have tried, uh, Wendy's breakfast was not very good. I would not eat it again. Uh, remember when Subway did breakfast? That was the absolute worst breakfast oh. I can think of. It was they basically just took their regular like, oh, here's our regular sub rolls and stuff, but they would have uh, like pre-made egg squares they would put on top oh, of it that just boy. tasted like microwave sadness. You and, know they were powdered too. Oh, it was, it was those were not good. Um, I don't mind Burger King, and, and I I think Burger King and and Hardee's and all those they're all kind of they they will all eat them. They're fine. Um, what I will say is any of those places though, I only want a sandwich. I only want a breakfast sandwich and hash browns. Like if you mm. at McDonald's, I'll never get their hot cakes. I'll never get their, their oh, big no. platter. I don't want any of that. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to go to a real breakfast place. I'll go and find, you know, a, an amazing place to get breakfast. That is a place I'll enjoy sitting down. And if I do that, I'm not just going to get pancakes and eggs. Cause if you go to a place like that, you can get, you know, cream chip beef or corned beef hash or something absolutely disgusting yeah. and amazing. You got uh, you got to go to the Cracker Barrel at that point. Well, exactly. And Cracker Barrel, I'm going to get chicken fried steak. Uh, no matter what oh. part of the meal I'm going to get, it's excellent. Uh, but but if I'm doing fast food, I want it to be something I can eat in my car, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I do not want to do that with pancakes. Uh, also, I think that McDonald's pancakes are gross. They just kind of taste like like instant pancakes. Like there's no there's no flavor to them they're awful so that's what i normally avoid is things that take that, that are not just a sandwich and a hash brown i'll eat that from almost any place but the 
the Wendy's and the Subway not good. And I will try. I will try to find a, a White Castle and, and make sure I do both a lunch and a, and a uh, breakfast option when I can. Mm-hmm. I think Sonic has like the worst breakfast of any fast food Ooh, place. Really? They're not hitting. They're not hitting a lot food wise. I, I thought their I, breakfast was okay. I think their lunch is garbage. I, yeah, they, <clears throat> there was a time where like I loved Sonic back when I was a kid, uh, and, and we don't have any around here. We used to, but they all closed down years ago. So anytime I travel outside of town and I see a Sonic, I'll usually stop. But I'm disappointed every single time. Mm. And the last time I was, I actually was at a hotel and woke up and saw Sonic. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna try their breakfast. And it just, I don't know if it was that Sonic, but it was as bland as anything you could have possibly got at a grocery store that you put in a microwave. Like it, it totally just had that frozen food taste to it. Mm. And so after that, I was like, no, I'm good with with, with Sonic anymore. I think I'll just. Uh, Remember the good times back when I was like 15. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, generally I will try just about everything. I actually enjoy McDonald's Big Breakfast for what it is. I don't yeah. eat that egg, uh, but I will. <laughs> I will agree with you on on Subway. Uh, their breakfast is terrible. Man, I missed out on that. It's still going. You can go down to your Subway right now and get you some breakfast. Probably. Oh, the that's same okay. Box of frozen egg. It's it uh-huh. was terrible. And and the. There was one. The only reason I even tried it is there was one on the way to work when I, I worked at uh, one a building where essentially I had to kind of take back roads to get there because the main roads were really bad. And there was a subway on the way, and I would stop every once in a while at the subway, get myself a lunch sandwich, and then get breakfast while I was there. And every time as I ate, I was like, "Why did I do this again? Why did I?" I might as well just eat in a package of paper. Like it had no yeah. flavor. It was awful. Yeah, it's it's probably one of the worst breakfasts out there. But then again, I used to know some guy at the office. Uh, where I worked, and he thought it was amazing. Every single day, he would come in there with that gross-ass smelling egg sandwich mm. and stink up the whole fucking office with it. But yeah, it was uh, it. It's bad. I think that is that is the one that I would avoid the most. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Pendron, for writing in. Uh, that's going to do it here with our fast food questions. Uh, if you guys want to write in, I think you know how to do it. Uh, you. You could ask us about fast food or video games. I think that's what this podcast is about. Um, go to retrovania.net, scroll all the way down. There is a contact form. Fill it out, send it in. We get your your emails through the magic of the internet, and we'll probably read them here, no matter what they are, because that seems to be what we're doing. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, thanks everybody for writing in, and that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, after 120 something episodes, I think we've determined we 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 should have focused on food with a little bit of games. That would have helped. Yeah. That would have helped yeah. take this make this thing take off. But uh, we will be back in two weeks with another episode that's mostly about games and probably also a little bit about food. Uh, it will be another patron request, but this time I promise it is not a movie tie-in necessarily, but it is another licensed game, and hopefully it's one that is not terrible. We will find out then. Otherwise, find us everywhere at Retrovania.net on all social media. You can also just go to Retrovania.net itself where there are links to all those things and that amazing question form. And we will see you next time.